Hello and welcome to the Aligned Leader Podcast. I'm Daniel Jordi and I'm your host. And on the Aligned Leader, we feature some of the most cutting-edge technology CEOs and digital executives in Switzerland in order to empower next-generation entrepreneurs to cut their learning curve and in order to establish Switzerland as a global digital innovation hub. So welcome to the show today. Today I have Thomas van Halewijk with me and he is a um, founding partner at Bundle. Now we met last week for the first time face to face as well um, at a great event in Zurich. And um, today I want to really dive into your story, talk a little bit about the future. Um, we connected a while ago on LinkedIn and I was um, incredibly excited about what you guys are building at the forefront of Really, this new thing uh, or this new term called corporate innovation, not corporate innovation, but corporate venturing. So I'm very excited to talk about this, dive into it a little bit. So let's start with your story. So Thomas, who, who is Thomas and uh, what's your story that got you to where we are today? Um, so, well, thanks for being part of this, uh, for this show today. Um, I'm Thomas van Halleck. I'm co-founder of Bundle and uh, Bundle, as you mentioned, is uh, we are working in the area of corporate venturing. Specifically, we build startups for uh, corporations. So that means we team our entrepreneurs with their entrepreneurs up. And uh, in that format, we build a new uh, spin-offs or spin-ins eventually for these big corporations. Um, uh, how I got to that story is actually I have a, I have a big uh, I have a background in product design. That was actually how I was as a student, and then after that, when I got a bit uh, uh, after my after I graduated with one of my classmates, I started Bundle. So that was when I was twenty three. Um, we were first a product design company um, because that was what what we most related to. But like grow, we grew quite fast into more strategic questions. Um, asking why <clears throat> why the product was coming onto the market and then we grew from that into more the topic of innovation but innovation is a quite wide perspective like there's a lot to do in innovation there is innovation culture there is uh, hackathons there is like all kind of things happening you can also i think it's sometimes a bit of a buzzword that also in marketing and stuff people are using innovation so specifically into that area we've uh, focused on the corporate venture part where we specifically chose to build uh, startups with big corporations, because that is where the big corporations today have um, they have a lack of entrepreneurs to really dive into possible new markets or products or services that they want to offer in the future, uh, and they lack the methodology or the speed to get to that uh, to get to that level or to those startups. And that's where we kind of come in and we enable that entrepreneurship and we enable the the methodology to get to that point. So that's basically the short version of how I got to where I am today. Perfect. So uh, just one question I'm always curious about. So you could have gone <clears throat> down the road of, you know, going to actually, instead of working with corporate in, in the startup field, go and work for corporate and, you know, have a nice job and earn some good money and everything and stay there for a while and have, you know, all the securities and everything and the bonuses and benefit to come with it. Yeah. You decided to say, <laughs> and said, no, no, um, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and the entrepreneurial track is usually not the easier. <laughs> it's usually no, not the, uh, not. the more promising in the beginning. Um, so yeah. I'm just curious, like what made you, what made you decide to go down the path of entrepreneurship? Um, 
there's a couple of reasons why uh, some are, I guess, more business related. Uh, some are a bit more, let's say, uh, personal adventure driven, I think. Um, maybe I kick off with the personal adventure. I think it's, uh, I was always attracted by the freedom uh, that an entrepreneur has. That was a personal drive. And I also, I was actually at that point, it wasn't necessary for me to have an office or something like that, but I was searching for other places, also in corporates and stuff, where I could, where I could fulfill this personal drive of freedom. And I, um, I didn't find companies at that point that had a match with this personal freedom and the interest of design and innovation. So that was, so that's one reason why, why, I, why, why I didn't choose for that option. Um, the other one was also because I, um, I wanted to have an impact on this world and make something of my own and to, to also not necessarily to, to be legendary or something, but just also to see how far I could get for myself to put something out there and more as of a personal drive, I think to see, okay, uh, I want to go in this adventure and I want to stay clean of uh i've never worked for any employer so i wanted also to explore what that would give if you would let someone uh, start from a blank uh, page and start from that where as you said it's not always the easiest one because it sounds on the one hand romantic on the other hand it's it's been a bumpy road um but it has learned me a lot i think that the what what it has delivered to me on a personal level up to now is that i've just grown a lot as a as a human being I think that is because I chose for that path because I, I, I had the bumpy road. I had to uh, come up for myself. I had no, uh, no like safety net or anything. It was just me. And if it went wrong, it's also your fault. So you're personal uh, committed to it. So it's, that's really the interesting part. And then of course, from a business perspective, um, I also saw it. Uh, I also was not very interested in, in a, like a monthly salary. That's always where you have to, kind of where it's about the fee on a monthly basis. I was more searching for um, uh, like a, a, another type of business model for myself as well, which was interesting. And then I think the, the third motivation was more related to the innovation part is that I just didn't see something out there that I wanted, I wanted to bring to the market. I think if someone else would have been there at that point that would have delivered it, I maybe would have gone there, but it wasn't. So then I had to make the decision for myself. So I think those were the, the main reasons why, I think. I, I love that. <clears throat> and uh, because it's, uh, for you, it's like the, the key thing that I heard was the personal growth, the personal yeah. journey, which is always huge as an entrepreneur for sure. Um, and probably almost always bigger than if you go work for somebody else because there's just another level of personal leadership that you need to take. They need yeah. to take on as a responsibility. And I find that really fascinating. So um, another, another curious question that I always have, uh, maybe we can go into this, not too philosophical, but um, what is it for you personally? What, what, what inspires you every day to go to work? I think that would be related also to the personal growth. I think it's, I, there's a couple of items there. <clears throat> One is definitely people. Uh, I go to work for the people I work with. I'm kind of a people-driven guy. I, I like uh, I like to cooperate. Uh, it's also been a challenge for me. Uh, like all of the reasons I said before, uh, also forced me to find a model 
for our company to be able to work with people like myself because of course if everybody thinks that way nobody would come to work for me either so I also thought I also wanted to create a culture that was able for other people that thought like me too so that was what, what that was a big challenge I, I went through uh, as a company but we we got a model out of there and that is also why I come to work now is because I, I I'm just inspired by all the people that I have around me I think personal contact is the first thing why I do it and what I learn from that and what I can teach those people. So I think it's always a balance between something that you can learn and something that you can give back. I think it's, I mean, there, you inhale and exhale, I think, and, and, and that's, I think, what you have to do. Like you, you take energy and you give energy to other people. And I think that's, I am still in an environment, in a topic, of course, I'm, I'm very interested in the topic of innovation. I was always attracted to the future. And um, in, I, I like to inhale and exhale on that topic and, and with the people around me. That's, that's basically why I come to work, I think. I, I love that also the topic of inhaling, exhaling. Um, sometimes, sometimes we as business people, we can be stuck with one side of that. Either we just simply inhale and inhale and inhale until, well, there's a limit to inhaling. There's also yeah. a limit to exhaling. But if yeah. we find the balance... Well, we're doing yeah. pretty well. So it's just, it's an interesting yeah, I it's, uh, correlation. I think, it's a, I think it's important, like you have to find a balance between, like you have to, in, I think it's with everything in life, you, you take some and you have to give back. Like it's just, and, and that, that's sort of that's what I try to do. Like I also try to, and that's, that's I think what, what makes life in general, not only work, if you go very philosophical, it's not, it's not just work. For me, work is also life. Like I don't really make, as an entrepreneur, that, balance, that, that thin line is, is very difficult if you're very passionate about your work. I think it's, it's a very difficult line to put there for me. Also in weekends and stuff, I'm also working at, at certain points and the other way around. So, uh, But I think it's a lot about as long as you can get value out of that and you can give value back, then I think mm. it's, it will also, my business would also stop on the moment that I can't give value back anymore. Because then it means that I'm not valuable in the market anymore. And that probably also means that I didn't, didn't really listen very well to the market. But as long as I keep listening and giving back, I don't think it will, it will stop. That's a very philosophical approach. No, but I love it. It's, it's a great addition to it. Um, now I want to transition a little bit into the uh, present. So right now, what's most exciting? Um, at this point, in my life or in my business life? <laughs> where, well, that, where do you want to? Well, there's... There's not really, there's not really a, the fine line is, as you said before, it's difficult to make. So, you know, whatever, whatever is most exciting, whatever kind of projects you work on right now, yeah. let's talk about them. Well, I think it's, uh, at this point, I'm, I'm very excited about, we've, we've searched quite a while to, to take a unique position in the market. Like we, we started off as product designers. There are already some product design companies out there. So we had to find also our own way of, uh, doing we we also developed methodologies we were a lot we we searched a lot for uh, after the right service that we wanted to deliver that we also could deliver we also did a lot of research and development for those methodologies i think at this point it's it's the moment of scaling which is uh it's a new level for me like the, for me that the startup is something that i've done now also for companies already a couple of times um but I think scaling ourselves is, is, the, is the thing I'm most excited about, like not only in people, but also in locations internationally. And, and that makes it super exciting because the, that's, that's if, if you 
asked me a reason, not why I became an entrepreneur, but why I founded the company. It was to grow internationally. Uh, and, and that's what, the point where we're at. So I think that's, uh, that's very interesting to see at this point how we can grow in that way. I, so I think yeah. that's the most exciting. And then, of course, you yeah, had all the projects that we're doing. Like, I mean, we're, we're bringing uh, a startup to the market in virtual reality soon, which I think is super exciting. There's a couple of new people in the team. I mean, also my personal life, there's a lot of things happening. Like you also enter your 30s. So it's kind of, it's kind of, there's also a lot of things on a personal level happening there. So I'm quite, ex I've, I've been excited at every point of my uh, age, but I think this time it's, it's the scaling part on the business level that I'm most interested in. And I love that. It also reflects in all the conversations we always have. Like every time I, I email you or I talk to you, you're like, oh, we're just opening this new location. Oh, we're just opening this. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in New York next week. Because we're, 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 you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's also fascinating, like how you go um, global so quickly. And there's lots of, there's lots of really interesting pieces. Also, the exchange we had last week, uh, you know, around the round tables and things like that. The way you guys have been able to create a model that works not only for the nine to five employees, but that actually works for a variety of different personalities in the market, yeah. not only today, but also in the next years to come, where people, most of the new generations then go like, well, why would I ever have a job? Like, why would I ever go to work for somebody else from nine to yeah. five if I could just be out there and do cool projects, right? So now we need I to... I think that's the biggest challenge we we, every company faces at this point. Yes, exactly. Now, it's, one, it's one thing that's so fascinating to me how you guys have, have been able to do that work working with entrepreneurs. Like yeah. that's, not, that's not a common model, but you guys yeah. have been able to make it work. And then the, the global uh, scaling piece, which is not let's first grow in one country to 7,000 people and then go to the next one. Um, but you've really embraced this um, culture of going global very very quickly so i love 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 that now i want to think is also like what what i what i find interesting is about about it is the, what i find personally the most interesting part about the model is uh, and it's still evolving it's not i think it's it's working but it still can improve i think but uh, what i see happening since we implemented this now a year and a half or two years that we have that now is that people also the involvement that they have into your company is completely different there like because you give more back to them or more like more vision for their life they also just give more back to your company as well and they they we all grow bundle which is uh very different from the typical hierarchy way of thinking which is very i find it very fascinating to see how the how we become more of an ecosystem that sustains itself which is a very interesting word but i think it's the biggest challenge of every company out there like technology makes it possible for you to work everywhere so why our company and not another one is a is a pretty challenging question very much yeah it's it's a great point we can talk about this for hours but um i, I think really the essence is about the embrace the embracing this change and yeah. understanding the real benefits of it which is not well, there's going to be lower office costs because we can save some more space so people can work from home. No, that's not really um, the biggest benefit. The biggest benefit, I think, is really what you mentioned there is people really buy into your company emotionally and they want to grow the company because they are part of the company. They're not just an employee that is like, okay, you come to work and then you know everything else, it, it doesn't matter. But uh, they're part of the company. They're part of the whole thing which is now no longer a company but it's actually a movement and an ecosystem yeah. grows and, and, and helps each other and 
and, and exhales and inhales. So I love, love, love that. Um, okay. On the topic of corporate venturing, corporate yeah. innovation, as there's been so much stuff that has been done over the past many, many, many years. I mean, innovation is not something new, like, no, which, is, which is which is use it more words. now in a buzzword sense, right? Yeah. But uh, it's not something new. I mean, people have been innovating since basically people exist, right? But uh, mm -hmm. this, this sense of corporate innovation is, um, I mean, relatively young in the history of humanity because we didn't have corporate for such a long time. And now there is such a massive transformation um, in, you know, there's, there's lots of corporations out there with an amazing amount of assets, right? And all, all these assets now become smarter and smarter. And um, there's a whole new way of working together across sectors and across company sizes like corporate and startups. Mm -hmm. So what do you see as the state of the art right now that we have in terms of corporate innovation today? And where do you see we're going in the next five to 10 years um, with how things will be done? Um, I have to think about that two seconds, but I think, uh, I think that in, in a lot of ways, a lot of corporates are, I think that the main words that I, that, that I would relate to, let's say, the problem statement of a lot of these companies is speed is, uh, is the biggest problem for a corporation. Like, I also feel it in our company ourselves. When we grow, you feel somehow you, feel, you, you kind of start to miss entrepreneurship or, and, and there is a big, like you get, in, you, get more, you get more into a structure, but that structure also like um, lacks the speed that you need to bring things to the market. So I think a lot of corporates at this point, if you make it very simple, I think they're all searching for the same thing is one is what we were just talking about. How in, how in God's name can I attract the right talent that can actually achieve things? And two, how do I have the methodologies to really implement this uh, talent into a way that he can actually have the necessary tools and resources and speed and agility to actually achieve um, the innovation that we want to bring to the market because um, I think what corporates are very jealous of at this point is what happens in the startup world is that there is a couple of a uh, couple of uh, young guys that work day and night week and week week in week out and they only want to do is they want to bring a new value to the world and if you compare that to the corporate world there is this yeah there is a big there is a big uh, dilemma in the two directions that you that you can't really connect those two worlds and i think all of them are trying at this point to implement that strategy into their corporate life so i think what we will see in the future <clears throat> is i think it will it will evolve much more into a collaboration model between the two because I think also that there is a lot of advantages that the corporate has. For example, they have a lot of resources, they have marketing channels, they have funding, um, they have also a lot of market knowledge, like they have easy access to customers. So they have a lot of things that actually all of these startups don't have. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things they have that are one of the top reasons startups fail. And I think that, therefore, I think we will evolve more into an ecosystem between these two parties. I think that that's where the future will <clears throat> head even more into. And I think, I think we're just at a tipping point of that. And corporate venturing has always been around. 
Um, but I think a couple of years ago, it was more from emerging acquisition point of view and more of an investing point of view. So there, there wasn't really like connection between the two. It was more like, okay, I capture you from the market and that's how we will have more customers or we will have more revenues. From what you see now is that they go much, much, um, much more to the start of the process where they start from the initial incubation of the idea, which is something that hasn't been along uh, so long. Like it's, it's, it's more of a risk that you take there because if you, of course, if you do a merge and acquisition, you know the value that you will get out of it. So you can, you have to give a lot of money for it, of course. <laughs> I mean, there is a certain risk that you don't have anymore. Um, if you start, if you start early in the process, you really start from an initial idea, which can still fail or do anything in the market. But I think it's much more interesting from a culture perspective because a lot of merge and acquisitions or investments have uh, failed in the fact that they are uh, the implementation part is very difficult, especially from a culture perspective from the two companies. So I think, I think therefore we will see much more an ecosystem to the early stage of the innovation process in the upcoming years between corporates and startups. And I think it, we are doing one of the formats in there. And I think that there will grow more formats in there, which we might be providing in the future. Um, but I think it, th that's going to be very, very interesting to see. I think it's all about the entrepreneurship and what you were just saying, attract the talent, make it possible that they can deliver uh, what they want to in the world and make an impact on it and deliver them the methodology and the structure for them to do it. Now, I love, I love where this is going. Like one thing that um, I always struggle with, especially also when, when I talk to corporates and, and for them to also understand or for, for people in general to understand. So you, you're this big corporation and you see, okay, there's startups out there and lots of cool things are happening and you're sort of like going, wow, it'd be so cool to have this thing somehow in there but there is such a massive gap in terms of mindset in terms of how things are yeah. done that very often the corporation is like it will be it's wish wishful thinking but we don't even see where to start so yes we can launch an accelerator and build our own incubator but are we then just reinventing the wheel again or like we don't want to just start from zero if, if we don't if we know if we could have something that's already out there and working in a model or something like that and i hear that a lot um so how do you think that gap is being closed? Um, and what are some of the practical ways that you feel corporations can work closer with startups in a way that makes sense, but they don't have to just, you know, buy a startup and go like, okay, let's, let's make this work. And then the innovation dies again. So, so how, 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 how do you think that can, can work actually? Yeah. Well, I think the, the, one of the ways to do it is to disrupt from, how we say that is to disrupt from the inside out is to, to enable your uh, employees or the, the talent that you attract to, to actually provide them a structure so that they can come up with ideas themselves, uh, get a kind of an internal funding funnel where people can come up with a certain idea. They go for kind of what startups also do. They go to a sort of garage funding stage where they have to present to the corporate and then go to the next stage. They have to provide an MVP on the market and then you're kind of providing a structure internally, um, which I think is what some of these corporates are trying, which is the incubation part. I think the, there, the, the biggest challenge, of course, is getting the right entrepreneurs in your company to be part of this. Uh, also incentivizing them in the right way because 
still, if you put someone in there from a nine to five job, it still is going to be difficult to compete with others in the market. So I think you also have to look at your incentive models and, uh, and how can you get these people motivated to be active. And so I think that's one way to tackle it. And the other one, uh, but then you're building startups from within. And then the other thing is, I think is um, to connect in an early stage with startups, which is then more the acceleration programs that, that companies are trying at this point. Um, which is, of course, another challenge. It's more like, okay, a startup is already at a certain stage and we give them certain structures so that they can possibly grow into a company or out of it. But, of course, that has less impact on the internal mindset or culture. I think the first one is, for me, the, the most interesting part because you start from people that have the knowledge. But the crucial point is, of course, how do you find uh, or create, find or create the entrepreneurs within your company. And that is, that is I think, a, a big challenge that a lot of corporations are facing. Uh, and then I think in that way, for me, a lot of corporations are then choosing to train these people, which I think uh, we are also, I mean, we specifically put ourselves also very clear to corporations like, you, or you have the choice to train a thousand people and uh, to let them become innovative or I think you select a couple of the very few entrepreneurs that are already on that level and you create a hero case or a couple of them within your corporation and I think then the rest will automatically follow because they will see that this kind of structure works. Uh, so I think, I think I'm, I'm much more a fan of this than uh, I'm always a bit of, um, let's say, uh, when I hear people asking us to come and train people, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit skeptic about that because I'm like, okay, I can come one day to say how innovation works, but that's not really going to change your mindset. I think if somebody of your company brings something to the market and can prove that he, that he can actually achieve new customers, revenue streams, then I think automatically the rest of your company will think, okay, this can actually work and it works in this way. So I think that lead by example, I think is a, is a good way of doing it. Now this is this is great because it goes into this direction of innovation from the inside out basically, yeah. um, and I love 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 that. We had some great conversation in the past couple of weeks about this specific topic there. So yeah, now, okay. So let's say I'm, I'm I'm the CIO, CTO, head of innovation or whatever of, of an organization. I I'm, I'm in charge of six hundred or a thousand people, and um, I look at the group and I go like, there's nobody in there entrepreneurial like that's at least my perspective right so how do i how do i figure out who are the because i can't just go there and ask them are you you know do you feel like you're an entrepreneur how do i how do i figure out who is the right choice in my talent pool to say okay let's work let's work on this together yeah well i think to uh i'll, I'll answer two things i think the first one to tackle what you said before that it is true that a lot of corporations react that they don't have it just i think if you say that about a thousand or two thousand people in your company that sounds really amazing that you can say that on the other hand it's also the same people that when we dive into market uh, analysis that tell us like oh yeah those guys out there they're those competitors they used to be ex-employees of our company so the thing is that they they are there. They just leave your company because they they want to do it in a different structure. So I, I think it's um so to, to say to say that they don't exist. I don't agree. Um, 
uh, I think it's just about the structure or the 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 the, uh, the methodology that you create or the mindset or the incentives that you give them to do it. Of course, I'm not going to build a startup for you if you pay me, I don't know, a fixed salary of uh, in a month. I'm not going to work day and night for you. That's I mean, I'm just creating something for you. It's not for myself. So I mean, that's something you have to change. Um, on the other hand, to find them, um, there's a couple of techniques to do that. But I think it's it's a it's of course you're costing people. So I think it's. One, a couple of ways you can do it is that you, what you see in corporations is that they work with kind of competition formats um, so that people can, like, uh, they can choose to become part of a program. Uh, and already in that way, you can see which people are interested, which are not. Like, if you create the right incentives in that, in that format, then I think automatically you will already filter a certain um, amount of people. And I think from that point, it's, it's also, you can definitely, you can, lead them through each of these stages like okay which ideas could be selected then they become then they have to present in front of a jury and through all of these stages i think you can clearly see okay this these people have the potential and these have not or these already have a good idea and a good business potential they have a good team they have this they have already a team set up that we can work with um, so i think that is a way that you can actually tackle that kind of, uh, because it's, it's tricky how to find them, and I think that could be a good way to do it, I think. Uh, but in most organizations, if you, if you have a, a couple of talks with people, I mean, in, at first they will say that they don't have it, but if you keep asking into it, then they always know where those four or five guys are that are a bit the weirdos in the group that work a bit more and that are frustrated and that search for a different kind of incentive. So. I think eventually it's not a it's not a big task to do it either. So I love that. I love that. Now, um, it's, it's always interesting. There's this um, thing called the curse of knowledge, because you, you go like, well, it's pretty easy. No, here's here's how it's pretty. It's not that difficult. Um, and then you look at it from a corporate lens and you go like, well, we've never, never done this before. We don't even know where to start. I think it is so valuable to dive into this. Um, and yeah. maybe, maybe if we can break it down, not just that process, but corporate innovation in general, the way you go about it um, in terms of internal, external, so incubation, acceleration. Um, mm -hmm. But it, just in, in terms of the, the work that you mostly do with the corporates, if you had to, if you had to break it down into, into three core principles that I can put on my wall as my rules um, to go about this in this way with those three rules or core principles, what would these three principles be? You mean the way how to do it or, or, or like the process or the, the high no, level? It's more, it's more like a... a um, it's more like maybe a couple of keywords about the essence of maybe let's say if we follow these three principles, we have a really high probability that we're actually going to succeed with. It doesn't yeah. matter what strategy we go with. Yeah. Well, I think it's um, one is definitely uh, execute as fast as possible and talk to your customers. I think that a lot of corporations fail in Execution is a word that they don't really know because of a lot of agencies working for them and they, they don't really have this execution way of thinking. Um, I think if you can set up a team that immediately has execution in the team, that it, that it will definitely go faster. I think that the, what I said also part of that was um, involve your customers as fast as possible. I think a lot of like, 
a lot of corporates are still waiting two, three months of development before they actually know whether the customer actually wants this kind of product. So I think uh, involving your customer as or your stakeholder, because there's, there's a couple of uh, stakeholders always in your process, I think involving your stakeholder as soon as possible into your ideation process is definitely, um, is definitely key, uh, I think. And then um, I think also immediately connecting your, uh, making a mix between your internal people, but also from a couple of external experts that, that they form a team together that provides you the, the, um, the possibility that it will, what you will find will be linked to your company because there is a person inside of it that has the knowledge of your company, but there will be enough push to, to put it out of your, to drive it out of your company. And I think also from a location perspective, I think it's interesting to try to put it uh, as well as in location as a brand perspective out of your current brand, put it out in the market. You can still decide after a couple of months to put it back into your brand, but I think test it in the market as a naked new brand that has no history. And, and also from a location perspective, I would also try to let these people work in a way that they are not immediately attached to your current systems. Uh, means from a legal perspective, means from a way of working in any way, brand perspective, I think to make it independent as a unit is I think is important. So one would be involve your customers as soon as possible. Two um, would be uh, make sure that there is an outside structure as well as legal brand, everything that you can. And I think uh, the, the third one is make the expertise of people um, as diverse as possible and definitely put execution in there from the start. Uh, that, that would be, that would and that's be a really powerful rule book. I mean, if that's the only thing we get out of this conversation, I think that's a very, very powerful rule book. Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really powerful. So I uh, really appreciate that. So uh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your insights. It was an incredibly powerful uh, conversation. Now, if people want to learn more about bundle, about you and the work you do, where can people go? What's the best place? Uh, I think as, uh, the best place is if you go to our website, bundle.com, I think you will find uh, links to what we do, but there is also a link to our blog. And on our blog, we keep it a bit more open so that we have an open perspective on corporate venturing in general, as well as on what we do, cases that we do, but also other perspectives on corporate venturing, which we are not necessarily always performing ourselves. Uh, but it gives a good idea of the world where we are in. So I think... The website will lead you to a couple of stuff. We also have an Instagram where you have a couple of more insights on the culture works, but that also is guided through the website. So bundle.com is the, is the place to go, I think. Perfect. I love how everything's focused in one place. Yeah. <laughs> love that. So perfect. So we're going to link to these sources below the video. So once again, thank you so much, for Thomas, for being on the show and sharing with your wisdom. Okay. Thank you very much for the talk too. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to The Aligned Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you get full access to all the newly released episodes every Wednesday. Do you have any topics that you would like us to cover? Then send us an email to daniel at leadersbridge.org and we'll work on it. And if you'd like to learn more about our initiatives, for example, like the CEO Collaboration Day, head over to leadersbridge.org.